Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Turn up your volume. Because you're about to listen to The Sick Podcast. With Tony Maradero. 55 seconds left in the penalty a minute and 27 seconds left in regulation time. Boston 4, Montreal 3. LaFleur coming out rather gingerly on the right side. He gives it into Lemaire back to LaFleur. Oh! The sickest Montreal Canadiens podcast. <laughs> there is a bomb. Sports entertainment like no other. Rejoint, on lui fait perdre la rondelle une passe devant. Et c'est la You found the dogs! John, you found the dogs! He found the dogs! And all together they worked the young team to the top. And now a 24th Stanley Cup banner will hang from the rafters of the famous forum in Montreal. The Canadians win the Stanley Cup! Brought to you by Energy Transportation Group. Driven to be different. La TV. It's gonna be... Sick. Renaro, speaking of sick, what a hockey game tonight in Buffalo. The Canadians win by a score of 4-3 to three in a shootout. And normally I'd probably be a little bit disappointed that the Montreal Canadiens won this game. But you know what? It was, uh, it was fun. It was really, really fun. Uh, the guys had a blast. Michael Pozzetta scores the game-winning goal. Let me get that out of the way. And um, Coach Marty St. Louis throws out anyone. Uh, that wanted to get out there in uh, in overtime and in the shootout. And uh, Michael Matheson had a shot at it. And um, Jonathan Kovacevic had a shot at it. And Michael Pozzetta had a shot at it. And you see Pozzetta's goal. My God, wow. Upstairs, quick snapshot. And then the Tiger Williams celebration right after the goal. Much to the delight of a lot of Montreal Canadiens fans that were in attendance in Buffalo. What a hockey game. We saw the Canadians go on a power play in overtime, and they weren't able. We saw good goals. We saw bad goals. We saw some good stops in the shootout. We saw maybe some that should have been stopped that went in. Anyways, a lot of fun. Really a lot of fun. And it's always fun when the wild man joins me. Brian Wild from Global TV Montreal. What's going on? Hey, that was, uh, to take my own name, that was wild. That was wild. Uh, and I just finished my work with about uh, 11 seconds to spare. You know what? I mean, me, that went me, right to the button, eh? Yeah, no, me too. So <laughs> I, I'm set up. You know, it's funny because um, so I'm set up in my podcast studio. I have a TV and stuff like that. But it, it, it it's, it's I think it's like uh, uh-huh. probably a 32 inch this TV or maybe a. 27 or 32 something like that right but in in my in my in my man cave i i have an 85 inch tv so 85 i didn't even know they made that yeah yeah it's a beautiful sony i love it thank you enzo and uh so what i do is i i just i I, i'm watching the game there so i i left everything on and i'm Mm -hmm. like please let this game be over sometime soon because I was worried that Agnello and Sammy back from Master Control are putting this thing live here, and I'm going to be in the other room still watching the penalty shots. But Michael uh, Pizzetta was able to answer my prayers and uh, put it in, you know, put it to an end. But yeah, what a well, and game, huh? my, my story is I'm over there working. I got a little bit of a station there in front of the TV. I think you can see the TV, can't you? Yeah, yeah. I can. Only only 65 inches, so yeah, you know, no, a little nice. a little one, you know, in no. your mind. And uh, so I was watching the countdown that uh Anella was uh, nice enough to put up yeah <laughs> and when Vizetta scored I look over and it's like 11 seconds like, yeah <laughs> but what a game huh you know yeah. the funny thing is and I I just tweeted it like this is a team that uh at the all-star break I looked at uh, Tankathon's strength of schedule right and um they had the hardest strength of schedule they were playing you know two against Carolina two against yeah. Boston three against Tampa two against Toronto I mean you name it every really good team they were playing at least twice and they're only one game 
lost to 500 since the All-Star break with as many as 12 regulars out of the lineup. Yeah. That's pretty impressive. It's Marty St. Louis Concepts kicking in, Brian. And that's exactly what it is, my friend. That's yeah. exactly what I was going to say, where I was going to go with it. The theme of my call of the wild that I just finished was all about that. They're playing modern hockey. You look at that first goal. I mean, you don't get a better example example of modern hockey than that one. Uh, Mike Matheson's the F1 on the play. He leads the rush. He leads the charge. He's so confident in what he's able to do. He's got the uh, carte blanche from his head coach. He actually winds around the net. You know, a defenseman goes all the way around the net, comes out the other side, trying to execute the play. He was pushed to the outside well, gives it to Jonathan Drouin. So we've already mentioned one defenseman, Tony, has has joined the rush. And who does Drouin find on the other side? The second defenseman joining the rush in Jordan Harrison. Now that's Martin Hockey. And what was the Buffalo winger doing at that time? He was about 40 feet back at the blue line looking for Jordan Harris. Yeah. That's the way the conceptual design of Martin St. Louis is being executed. These guys are doing it brilliantly. And like I finished the article with the sentence, something to the effect of, can you imagine if he has a superstar in his midst and he's teaching that player how to be the best that he can be in the modern game? Wow. Uh, What could happen here um, with a little bit of luck, a little bit of good fortune, uh, is really exciting. Really, really exciting. You know, Brian, I got to tell you, I had a good feeling about the St. Louis hire right from mm-hmm. the onset. I really did. And I know a lot of people didn't. I just, I wasn't going to bet against Marty St. Louis after everything he had gone through in his career. I just, I said to myself, if there's one guy who can do it, it's him. I had heard a lot about his modern mind. I had heard a lot about that he saw the game rather differently. I had heard a lot about the fact that he had certain concepts and um, I just, I watch the way they're playing now with, like you said, some injuries without a tremendous amount of depth. Mm-hmm. And I just, I look into my crystal ball in three or four years, and I don't know if he's going to be there. And I really hope that he will be. I get a feeling that he can be there as long as he wants, to tell you the truth. And you can't say that for too many coaches. And when they're going to arrive... And they're, they're going to be really good. You know, like when he speaks, you know right away you're listening to a hockey genius. Like yeah. it, 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 he only has to finish like two, three sentences. And you're like, this is really phenomenal just to listen to him. And then when you, li- when you ask the other players in the room about him, I mean, they'll tell you that they think that they're listening to a hockey genius. Like they'll say that yeah. word. Yeah. You know, and th- this you just don't hear. Like, you're lucky half of the time if they're not telling everybody that they hate the coach's guts. You know, he's such a player's yeah. coach that that he is leading players who might have otherwise shied away from this city to say to themselves, okay, I'm in the lear- learning phase of my career. Maybe I'm 22, 23, 24, and – if I want to go somewhere, I want to go to Montreal yeah. and keep learning how to play the game under him. That's how excited everybody is to play for Martin St. Louis. Yeah. That it could mean unrestricted free agents instead of worrying about the weather might actually put their careers first and say, I can become a better hockey player under him. And that's what I want. So the knock-on effect here, it's just phenomenal. And you know, the funny thing too, to add is they're the fifth worst team in the league, right? I mean, they've had injuries like crazy. Yeah. Uh, as many as 12 regulars were out at one time. Uh, and I think it's a low number now. It's eight only. And like we're about finished this season, right? Were you not entertained? Ever, all the time. Yeah. Like, I like mean, very, very, very often. Very, very often. At one point in the season, Brian, at one point, I'm trying to remember when it was. Maybe you can help me out here. Um, they started to give up a lot of goals, right? Several games in a row, That's and right. and some some you know members of the fan base or some members of the media got on them saying that you know he wasn't practicing any defensive concepts and this team only knew how to play one type of hockey and it wasn't good enough and he wasn't coaching and this and that, and then you know they tightened up for like a game or two and I thought when they did I I you know I thought it was boring. 
And um, but you know, there haven't been a lot of boring games this year. They're playing with um, they're playing with n- no pressure whatsoever. They're having fun, and you saw it too. Like you know, if if the Canadians need to win this game to get into the playoffs, I'm not sure he he selects Mike Matheson to take a penalty shot or in a, a shot in the shootout there. Yeah, I'm not sure he selects Kovacevic. I'm not sure he selects Pizet. As a matter of fact, I'd be willing to say that he wouldn't select uh, either of them at those stages when he did. But they're having fun, you know. They're they're yeah. they're they're just they're 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 building towards next year already. Yeah, and you know, like just to complete the point about how entertaining it is, like this is a team that is fifth last and is very close point-wise to the team that Martin Saint-Louis took over from under Dominic Ducharme. Yeah. And, you know, I mean, the world is comparison, and this is not going to sound very nice, but, I mean, that team was so boring, it was like pulling teeth to watch the games. Yeah. And and the points are, because of all of the injuries, you know, they're fairly similar, but the feeling is completely different because yeah. you can tell they're building towards something like this is year two of the rebuild, right? Yeah. So in year two, cause all your like wins, losses, who cares? Like this is, it, it, who cares? It's not about that. In fact, if you lose a little bit more, it'd be better. If you could get your goalies to do 860 for you, it wouldn't change the way the hockey was played. You'd just be with a better chance of Connor Bedard. Of course. So, Right. So, but let's look at this year from a development point of view. I mean, there's basically, I'm going to say there's only been one thing that went semi wrong, and I'll leave it for last. Here are the rights. You broke in five rookie defensemen, Tony, and they all look like they're National Hockey League regulars. Yeah. Mike Matheson is gone from a guy who got benched in Florida to a 1D. He looks like a first player, a first pair defenseman under Matheson. He, de- he definitely does. You got Kirby Doc, who you weren't sure, so unsure with Chicago, they gave up on him at 21 years of age, third pick overall, who clearly looks like a top six center. And when you saw him acting like beast mode in overtime at the end of an 80-second shift, going to the net, protecting the puck, giving you all that he was drafted third for. I'm glad, he, you, I'm glad you brought that up because the way he fought off Quinn – yeah, like you can you can see the power in Kirby Doc and the protection ability of the puck. He just he, he took and that was the end of eighty seconds. He's supposed to have <clears throat> lactic acid in his legs and nothing but nitrogen in uh, in his uh, in his lungs, and he had no he had no problem at all. Yeah, right. So uh, he's a machine. Well, so he's a machine. So you got Doc. You got five defensemen. You've got uh, Mike Matheson. You've got uh, Raphael Harvey Pinar. You've got uh, Nick Suzuki breaking his uh, uh, career points total. You had Cole Caulfield on pace for 47 before his shoulder uh, difficulties. So, like, when you're looking at it as you want to have a lot of development stories, there's nothing but success. And the only semi-failure is the first pick overall, Slavkowski, who didn't get a chance to really show what he could do. But in the short time that he did get a chance, I don't think he, uh, he shone. I wasn't expecting no. him to. He's only 18 years of age. Yeah. Uh, and he didn't. Yeah. Uh, and he could have developed in the second half, but didn't get a, a chance. So I'm not holding it against him. Yeah. But when you look at your trying, if you're trying for it to be nothing but great stories of development, he's the only one we didn't get. <laughs> Uh, in terms of the, so, in terms of from a development standpoint, yes, because I, you know, but it's just we're talking development here, right? We're just talking development. Yeah, and, and you yeah. had nothing but amazing stories, even yeah. Sam Montembeau. Yeah, net. and uh, Raymond deserves a lot of credit for Montembeau as well. Robida deserves a lot of credit mm-hmm. for the young defenseman and the work that he's done with them. But um, and Adam Nicola deserves a lot of credit for uh, yeah. all of them, what he's teaching them, and yeah. the prospects too that he gets a chance to talk to, who are you know basically all of them except maybe Mishar ha- have really you know had excellent seasons. Yeah. They continue yeah. to grow every last one of them. Yeah, yeah. You know, you brought up Yolonen's name before, and if it's not for him scoring in the shootout, of course, the Canadians end up losing, and one's able to trickle by Comrie. 
Mm-hmm. But that that overtime was that overtime was really something though. Eh? Chances both ends and uh, yeah. and the pace. I mean the speed. I mean Buffalo can fly, and you know what? The Canadians were with them every step of the way. It was it was fast. I mean yeah. it was it was great hockey. It was fantastic hockey, and you know uh, you you mentioned the the pace that Buffalo can play at. I mean Buffalo is a really offensive team. Uh, and they play at a fast pace. They've got a lot of stars on their team offensively. They score a ton of goals, give up a ton too. But, um, I, you know, it didn't feel like the entire night that the Canadians were troubled at all by a team that was absolutely desperate to have a good result tonight. You know, you got one team that's only playing for pride and just like a hell of a ton of it. I mean, you look at the bench after. I don't know if you had to run to your location, but I mean, you see a bench celebrating like they just made the playoffs. Yeah, no, I know? saw that. I thought yeah. the coaches were all smiling, and then exactly course, every the players when they saw when they saw Pizzetta's uh, celebration. Yeah, yeah, that was that was pretty funny. <laughs> but listen. Um, it, it probably could have been another game. Of course, if Tage Thompson was playing, he wasn't playing. He's been an incredible story for the Buffalo Sabres mm-hmm. going back last year where he exploded with 38 last year goals. That is, and this year he's got 44 already. Uh, but yeah. Tage and the Canadians have missed their guy for half a season. That's true too. Thompson and Skinner have given it to the Canadians over the last couple of games, but Skinner for whatever especially. reason, the games are always very entertaining in Buffalo and we see goals. It seems like it's been that way for, a couple of years, you know. Um, well, you I see thought, all the red in the crowd. I did. I did. It was a home game. Yeah, that was a home game. I mean, that's you know they come from over the border, and that was a home game. And yeah, the fat. You know, <clears throat> let's talk one for of, a second it, about the fans. Me, if I can, it's Go one ahead. of the things yeah. that came to mind when he chose Pozzetta from Toronto, Ontario. Like I'd be willing to bet there were a lot of family and friends at that game for Michael Pozzetta tonight. That's a good point. I hadn't thought of it. And that might have been some of the uh, thinking on on some of the picks that he made. Maybe. Yeah. No. They I, were I, unusual picks. That's for yeah. sure. You know, yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm thinking it's, you know, Pizzetta probably would have celebrated that way anyway. But I'm sure in front of family and friends, he wanted that a little bit more there tonight. And uh, good for him. Good for him. Kovacevic's move was pretty funny. I mean, it looked like he was, uh, what am I doing here? And then, the, oh, I don't know. I, you know, I thought that was a pretty good move, actually. Tony. Yeah. I thought it was yeah. a really good move. I mean, he didn't execute it, obviously, but he was a guy with an idea, at least, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, Nothing worse a, than the guy just going five hole and putting it right into the pads. That'll never look good. Yeah, there's a, um, <coughs> there's a message that came in. Uh, a message that came in from... Uh, let me just see. I believe it's Isa Fortin who wrote a message saying, hey, you know, sorry, but guys will choose where they want to live before choosing who they want to play for or which team they want to play for. When we're talking about the fact that, uh, you know, the Canadians got it going on right now, it's probably a pretty good place to play going forward. Yeah, I mean, I don't know if I want to say guys is in, in terms of like that responder is acting like a hundred percent of the world thinks the same way, you know, like, yeah. yes. I mean, there will be a large amount of people that play hockey that are going to say, you know what? I love golf and I want to pick a place that I get to golf on the off days, yeah. you know, like every, let's not like the hockey player is not a monolith. You know what I mean? Yeah, no, I hear you. There are different folks, different strokes for different folks. And some guys are going to care about developing their careers. Yeah. And another guy is going to be afraid of the fishbowl. Another guy is going to hate the weather. Another guy is going to hate taxes. And generally speaking, we've spoken over the years, Tony, you and I, we go back a long way. And I know we've talked a lot about the reasons people don't come to Montreal. Everybody knows them. Mm Mm-hmm. But we got a reason right now, finally, that people could come to Montreal. There's a great atmosphere brewing here. And yeah, I'm not going to say that 700 players are going to be clamoring to play for the Montreal Canadiens because Martin Saint-Louis can teach him because the attitude is wonderful, because there's a joy in the entire process right now, because he's an amazing players coach. But let's turn the uh, coin over because if you say the one thing and act like it can't be that somebody would want to come from Martin Saint Louis, let's do the contrary and ask if it true, it too could be true. And so I ask, do you think somebody would say I don't want to play for John Tortorella? 
I, I would imagine there's players that don't want to play for John Tortorella. I know Pierre-Luc Dubois doesn't want to play for John Tortorella no matter what. Yeah. Do you, think, thinking, do you, think, thinking, do you think PLD would want to come to Montreal and play uh, for his hometown if the head coach here was John Tortorella? Uh, I think everybody can answer that question at home. No, I'm so, going to take it. I'm going to take it a step further. I think okay. besides the fact that Pierre Luc Dubois would like to play for his hometown team, mm-hmm. I think he loved Marty St. Louis so much when he was a uh, consultant slash power play coach in Columbus, and uh, he probably really, really liked them back then. Saw what he's doing right now. Probably talked to a player or two, and probably talked to a David Savard. Uh, who said, Pierre, uh, this guy has made one heck of a coach. And so- Okay, and let me, let me further it even more. Yeah. Okay, so everyone's watching us right now, right? Yeah, I'm gonna I, I assume hope. That a, I assume a lot of the people watching us right now have jobs. I would, Generally I would... speaking, jobs have bosses. Yeah. You think anybody has hated their boss and wish they had another one? 100%. 100%. Probably everyone at some point. Exactly. You know, not, so not I, you know, has, I, yeah. I, again, I'm not saying 700 players are going to be clamoring to Montreal and, you know, forget that they like golfing in the in the winter and would rather play in Dallas. You know, yeah. I'm not saying 700, but I'm saying there is a portion of the people that put the hockey where they want to learn and become a better player and have to make a decision on their future. And then would like to have a boss that they like, appreciate and yeah. would enjoy going to the office every day. Like you yeah. sign a seven-year contract and you just say to yourself, well, I'm going to the office every day and that guy's an asshole. That's not easy. No, no, it's not easy for sure. Okay. Um, and that's why the beauty of podcasts is you can work from home. Yeah, yeah. and I can say the word asshole if I want. Yeah, you can definitely say that if you want. I, I have no problem with that. I could probably even say it. I want, no, also- no, no, your wife. No, no, don't, no. No, your wife will not be happy with you. Yeah, she, well, yeah, then she would remain consistent because it seems like she never is. <laughs> but anyway, that's that's funny, Tony. Yeah, that's you know the funny. way it is. I mean, uh, <laughs> I, I, I think you did this marriage thing once before. and <laughs> No comment. No I digress. Comment. <laughs> All right. Um, I, got a t- I got a pretty good situation going on. Uh, I got three great bosses, radio, yeah. television, and podcasting. We got a beautiful Who's your relationship. podcast boss? Agnello. Okay. Would you, you call him your boss? You take orders from him? You know what? I'll tell you why I have a great situation on, on, on French radio, BPM sports, French television, TVA sports. And with Agnello and Sammy, the sick podcast, Mm -hmm. I got three bosses who put all their confidence in me and they just let me do my thing. And you know what? Some days are going to be better than others. And some days I might try something that I might not, it might not go over all that well, but they, that they're happy with than that they aren't. And uh, that's it. And you know what? When something doesn't go according to plan mm-hmm. uh, or it's not great radio or great television or great podcast, I know it. Yeah. You know, I, I really, with all due respect, I don't need anyone to tell me. Like, I know, I know while it's going on and I'll especially know the second I get off. I, I know. Yeah. You know? Yeah. No, it's great to have anyway, good bosses. It's a good and, and I really feel uh, as if it's the Canadians' good. bosses all right, okay. are um, good. Oh, did we lose my audio? Jonathan Drewing. Can you hear me, Tony? Uh, I so wanted him to get that goal tonight. Uh, what happened? You, you, you were, you're gone for a second. You're back now. Can you hear me? I can. Okay. Yeah. I felt like yeah. I was gone for a second there. Okay. Good. Who are you watching? The orders? Uh, yeah. Do you have a score? Uh, it's 1-1. One, one. It's 1-1. One, one, yeah. Mm-hmm. I, listen, I got to tell you, and I, I don't, I don't want to, you know, we'll get back to Andre Tourigny has the Coyotes in the last 15 games playing some really <laughs> I know, unreal uh, hockey. Like it's absolutely, and and led by Clayton Keller, who I believe is, I, I think, second or third in the league in scoring in about the last 25 games. Yeah. Somebody who's got him in the pool, I'm sure, can tell me because he's absolutely on fire. And uh, boy, can he make goalies look bad now, Clayton Keller? has turned into the player that I really believed at the World Junior Championships, watching him up close, he was going to turn into. Hey, uh, the Bell Center, did you see the uh, the poll with the NHL players voted the best ice in the National Hockey League? Which is What? Not like, Edmonton? No, Edmonton second. You didn't see that. By the way, the Bell Center wow. in, a, in a landslide, eh? By a lot. What? 
Yeah. Really? Edmonton number two, but Montreal by a lot. Wow. Oh, Edmonton used to be number one. Yeah. For well, years and were, years and years. Yeah. They were for, for a very, very long time. All right. So once again, uh, my apologies. I don't know exactly what happened, um, but, you know, we went and we've we fixed it. All right. Okay. So. Uh, Agnello and Sammy all of a sudden become tech technicians too. It's pretty cool to have them. Okay, um, <laughs> you do a job, you learn. There were uh, there were some good saves in this hockey game, eh? I mean, Jake Allen played a pretty good game, made some big saves when he had to. Yeah, and had a couple of weird goals too. A couple yeah. of weird goals. Yeah, the one yeah. behind the net there where it banked off yeah. the shoulder. But by the way, I always love when players do that because. They oh, the talent they, these days, eh? Ah, they notice that the goalie is out of his net a little bit instead of basically yeah. crouching down. And they're yeah, like, well, they're what? looking for the goalie to go into that RVH too soon, right? Yeah, yeah. And as soon as he goes down, I mean, that's how the Michigan is possible, <clears throat> is this new style of goaltending of, of, of yeah. going down to, to you know, when the guy's got an angle that he has to find a spot like that, you know? Yeah. But they can shoot it well that they find that spot. I mean, the yeah. hockey right now is... I mean, in 2004, Tony, the leading scorer was Jamie Benn. He didn't have a point per game. That's a Remember that? That's I mean, it was, I just looked at, uh, they just listed the top scores. The Pastor, uh, Pasternak was fourth with 97. Wow. The Chuck was tied with 97 at fourth. 2004, the hockey was so bad, there wasn't even one point per game player. Wow. Connor wow. McDavid is going after records that, you know, haven't been, we haven't been in the same stratosphere as those numbers since Gretzky and Lemieux. It's fantastic. The hockey yeah. right now is is the the sport is rejuvenated in the last couple of years, and Brian, it's because the, uh, the, the talent level is is getting through the roof. The, the, the kids these days are is, the podcast is rejuvenated. Brian, where have you been? By the way, where have you been? It's been a while, Brian. Oh, you haven't talked to me in a while. Yeah, I haven't talked to you in a while. Yeah, yeah. This is the first time you asked me in a little bit. It's the first time I asked you in a little bit, really. Yeah, <laughs> he's checking his phone to see in the last text. Yeah, yeah, it's a little bit. It was about a month, I think. No, I did say no a couple times. I was, I wasn't around. You got unlucky, but yeah, uh, yeah, no, I no, certainly no. wasn't trying to be mean to you or anything. No, I, no, I know, you know you're not. I know you're when not. I, you, when I, yeah, you used to be a regular uh, when I was doing radio. Remember that? So you and I, we go way. Yeah, back. I remember it. We did that for about a decade together. Yeah, yeah, we, went, we had good we, times. Wow, we, had we a never got in a sauna together, but we had good times. Uh, you know what? It's an open invitation anytime. <laughs> to Whatever a sauna you want, I... with your dog. Yeah, you know what? It no, it wasn't invi- you who had a dog with the dog. No, Norman, Norman Flynn. Flynn. Norman <laughs> Flynn. <yeah. laughs> that was classic. That was classic. It uh, it was a classic. We would uh, we would love to be able to bring Norma on, um, but the wrong uh, wrong station, or is there an issue there or anything? No, no, there's, there's, okay. there's, uh, there's several people from that company that have joined me on the podcast okay. before, but I think Norma and I had something pretty good and some, you know, just powers of B have told them. Oh no. Yeah. Just, uh, you know, what? It's, it's, it's not my story to tell. I probably shouldn't have, whatever, <laughs> but I, I, people have figured it out. I mean, I want Norma on and, uh, yeah. you know, he and I were together for over 15 years. And yeah. He had a like lot of good on, laugh. But, uh, I'm trying to remember the, the, the gist of the dog one. Well, how did that one go again? Yeah, no, it's uh, Galchenyuk wasn't getting ice time. Right. And so I started to go on a rant and I said, what in the world's going on over here? I mean, uh, you know, it's. Uh, Didn't he have Gal- a poodle? Gal- Galchenyuk, Galchenyuk, <laughs> and Pacioretty and Subban are some of the better players on the team and they don't seem to be getting ice time and whatever. Or I, I don't know if I was talking about them or the line. And all of a sudden, I heard water splashing in the background. And I said, what, what are you doing? Are you, are you taking a bath or what? <laughs> right. And he said, no, no, I'm in, I'm in the spa. And I said, you're in the right. spa? And he said, yeah, I'm working the games. and getting home really late at night. So I'm in the spa now, and I'm relaxing. And I said, and I said you're, you're in the spa? And he says, yeah. I said, are you alone? Uh, I said, you're, your wife with you? And he goes, no, no, my wife's not with me. Just me and, and my cocker. And his dog, right? <laughs> that was so he had, he had a cocker spaniel back in the day. And, that was uh, it. <laughs> he and the cocker spaniel were in the spa, you know. Got it right. Yeah. So I remember now. Anyway, uh, listen. I still hold hope that uh, that Norma is uh, is going to me at some point here. Um, you know, I I still hold hope. I mean, things change. Things change, right? Mm-hmm. You, you were on the radio with me for the longest time, and then you were off, and then you're back on again, right? So things change. 
Yeah, a little bit. Yeah, yeah. I'm on a little bit again, which is nice. It's, uh, you know, COVID taught me one thing that was uh, something yeah. I didn't know that was in, in my world was uh, um, you got to keep busy. Yeah. You got to keep busy and you got to make sure you don't have too much time for your mind to uh, wander too much. So, yeah, without, you know, getting into big details, a busy mind is a good, happy mind. No, no, no. You're 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 right about that. So yeah. uh, it's funny you say that. And the sick podcast, by the way, is brought to you by in part by Energy Transportation Group, which is a leading full service logistics provider serving all of North America, driven to be different. And also brought to you in part by La Bita TB, brewed in Quebec and a winner of a dozen international awards. La Bita TB offers quality microbrewery beers made with premium ingredients for everyone's taste. La Bita TB, embrace your true nature. It's funny you say that because uh, I have a lot of time on my hands now compared to what I used to do. And, uh, mm-hmm. you know, I, I, I thought I would love it. And I do. Like, don't get me wrong. I spend a lot of time in the spa. But at the beginning, I would stay home. And now I, I find that I'm starting to go out and have a coffee here or there or meet up with some people and keep busy. It's a lot of fun. But uh, I'm going to have to try and stay away from the restaurants over the next little while as much as I can here because I started a, uh, a weight loss challenge. And, mm-hmm. um, and, um, you know, uh, I got on the scale this morning. I almost broke the scale. So biggest I've ever been. So, uh, Jean oh, Charles, no. yeah, Jean-Charles Lajoie and I, we, um, we have a, uh, friendly, uh, friendly wager going on as to, you know, who's going to lose more weight, but he set out, he said in the next 60 days or so, he'll lose 21 pounds. I said, I'll lose 25 in the next 60 days. And so, um, now I'm, you know, I should have had the discipline well, I, to do it myself but the fact that i'm competing with somebody yeah yeah that helps i think it helps i can't yeah. compete with you if i lose 25 there'll be nothing uh, it'll just look like this it'll be just like a sideways like yeah. a full-on shot or a sideways I, shot I, right. I would i would uh, i would think i have a good um 87 to lose in my world so <laughs> if you want some let me know right, <laughs> no, okay. i'll pass i'll pass i'll pass all right okay Speaking, all right i gotta ask you can i ask me. you a question because yeah, what i've been interested in and i haven't heard anything in a while from uh, what's going on in your brain but uh <clears throat> who, who do you like uh for the canadians how do you um uh, like for their roster going forward like in in terms of who would you like them to draft they're going to draft around 5 and 15 if they don't win the lottery do you do you have a concept of how you think they need to improve their team and what okay. guys they might might like in relation to improving their team? Like, what do you think the biggest yeah. hole of the team is? So, so I'm going to say this. I'm going to say okay. this. Okay. Um, everyone wants the generational player, and everyone wants the best player. And based on what we've seen, based on what we've heard, based on the records that have been broken, it would lead you to believe that right now Connor Bedard is the best player of that draft class. Doesn't mean he's going to go on to have the best career. We all know that, but. You know, you'd have to be feel pretty good about it. I, I will say this mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. because there's so many players that are available in this draft. So I'm yeah. going to say this. There's talk. I know that Grant has mentioned to me, Grant McCagg, yeah. uh, recruits.ca, has mentioned to me on more than one occasion that he believes that Michkov will slip in the draft because of the whole Russian angle uh, or it will definitely slip in the Canadians' eyes. Uh, I believe he'll slip in the entire draft. I think he gets drafted around 12. If I'm the Canadians and I have the sixth pick and Michkov yeah. is available, I'm drafting. Yeah. Oh, yeah? Oh, yeah. I think he's the best pure talent in the draft. But what if he doesn't come at all, Tony? Who doesn't want to play in the best hockey league in the world? Lots of guys. Like who? Plenty of the Russians that are playing in Russia right now. Who's the and best what if player? they're what, what if they're what if they're not allowed to come? Like what? Why yeah. did he sign for as many years as he did? That I mean, doesn't that already show that he's not exuberant about coming to the NHL? It's a Kaprasov situation. It's worked out pretty well for him in the wild. Doesn't mean it's going to work out for everyone. And now you got I, the politics in the matter too. Yeah, you got you got. Putin sent in the Philadelphia Flyer goalie. I've forgotten his name. Now he conscripted him. He put him in the army. He wanted to come to North America, and he said, "No, you're not. You're going in the army. That'll teach you." So yeah. I'm a little, you know, like, and maybe for Kent Hughes, he's, you know, he's got a super long leash right now, and he doesn't really have to worry about three, four years. But yeah. like, if you're a general manager and you got a chance to take. Uh, Carlson or Fantilli or Smith or whatever around two, three, four, five in that area. And you say to yourself, well, 
I probably only got like two years to prove myself. And I need a player badly. We suck. Yeah. And you're going to take a guy who's going to show up in 2026? Maybe? That's when they're going to be good. <laughs> That's dangerous. I mean, I'm not saying Ken Hughes thinks that way. But yeah. I'm saying there are a lot of GMs. Like when I look at the first one, like I think Meechkov's going to be taken when it's clear that the pick you're making is a definite lower level than he is. I hear you. So so it's not it's not Bedard. It's not, it's not Fantilli. Fantilli. It's not Carlson. No. Okay. Um, I don't think it's Smith. Um, I don't think it's Benson. Dvorsky? Uh, I don't like Dvorsky very much from uh, what I've seen. I don't think he has a lot of offense in his game. No. I, you know, I know, I know that Grant really likes him. Um, and I think he's like consolidated rankings around seven, eight or nine, but yeah. I, I, he's a good two way from what I see he's smart and everything. But like, I think that, you know, like for instance, Will Smith, like he's dynamic, right? I mean, he reminds yeah. me of Cooley and Cooley. You can see at Minnesota, he's going to be a star, man. Like Cooley's going to be a star. Cooley's going to be a star. If oh, I watched one, him if... in Minnesota this weekend. He is definitely going to be a star at the World Juniors. He was a star. He's going to be a star. If the Canadians and I think lose Smith out and Cooley, in that draft, yeah, it, if it's it's because of Cooley. Exactly, I, I agree. Think he'll, he'll be and, the guy. And Cooley and Will Smith are very much alike. They, you know, they both put at the United States Development Program ginormous numbers up. Uh, Will Smith's numbers are rivaling Jack Hughes's numbers, and he's his numbers are the best ever at the USDP. So, you, like, I'm not saying Mitchkov isn't better. I'm just saying, like, you gotta have like a clear, clear. The guy we're taking is definitely worse than Mitchkov to take him. Because you don't know if yeah. he's coming. Yeah. And you need a player fast because you suck. Like Montreal's got a lot of things in its favor. Ken Hughes has a giant long leash. The fans will put in 21-273 whether you suck until 2042. They're the Chicago Cubs of hockey. So those are two really important things. Other GMs have to worry about job security and 7,000 bums in seats. Yeah. It's a different world, man. So to say, oh, Michkov's easily the best player. He's going to forget it. No, uh, -uh. yeah. Speaking I of, I don't like, think it's as simple as that. We're gonna find out the results of the lottery on Monday, May eighth. Okay. Oh, I'm excited. I'm excited for that. What a stupid league! They do everything stupid. Why do you do it on a Monday? Like, why do you do it in May? Okay, so that's a great question. Now here's the <laughs> why deal. in May. Here's the do deal. the playoffs start? The NHL draft. One of the biggest days on the NHL calendar. Mm -hmm. NHL trade deadline day, one of the biggest days on NHL calendar, of course. The night the Stanley Cup comes out, huge day. Opening day, huge day. So there's other big days in the season, right? But this is a league that can use all the help that it can get because in the United States of America, it's going up against the other big, big sports, right? Where hockey takes a backseat to everybody, right? Think of the buzz in so many markets. There's going to be a buzz in Montreal. There'll be a buzz in Columbus. There'll be a buzz in Arizona. There'll be a, there'll be a buzz in many markets, okay? You can go out. You can have drinks. You can, you can, you can, you can party all night. You can watch it. People can, can go over to each other's houses. They can, they can have celebration. This, that, there's so many things that you can do. You can, you, can, you can do fantasy. You can do whatever. They're having it on a Monday night, May 8th. In May. Like, in it's May. just so dumb. I, I, I can't figure out why they don't do it as soon as they can. You know, like, it, it, why not April? Like, is there a reason it's not April 20? So, so you, you is, know what? Like, am I missing something? Yeah. That so I, I would thought of, I would say that the, the season ends. Let's, let's see when the season, I think it ends 13 13th, or 14, right? 13 or 14, right? Yeah. So, okay. So that's what on a Thursday, Friday season ends on a Friday season ends on a Friday. Yeah. Can you do it on me? Saturday. Do it the next day. Yeah. Do it the next day. Do it on the Saturday. 
Yeah, I don't understand it at all. You know, that's what I would do. I don't understand. And of course, I'm going to be really impatient, you know, because I really want to know how that goes. It's really yeah. exciting. Right now, they're in five. Uh, Anaheim's gone. There's no way they're going four. I mean, they're gone. Yeah. I mean, the Canadians are like uh, eight games under 500, and Anaheim's 17 under 500, NHL 500. And like, there's only eight left. So it's almost a mathematical yeah. impossibility. But they can still screw up Arizona and Philly. Yeah. Yeah, so Montreal, Arizona, and Philly will play for fifth worst. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, yeah. four is gone. And Don't four, even think about it. Yeah, no, those are they're not going to the top four. But five is still pretty sweet because even if you lose the lottery twice, you're still at seven. The worry is if you're seven and lose the lottery twice and go to nine. That's the yeah. real worry, dropping yeah. all the way to nine. Yeah. Yeah, it doesn't look like this Bedard thing is going to happen, Brian. Well, I don't know. Five is uh, five is not bad math. And Florida lost today, Tony, yeah. to Ottawa. That's a nice result because, you know, people are only talking in terms of who cares, 15, 16, 17. But what if Florida does well in the playoffs? Yeah. What if they're in the final four? And, yeah, yeah, I know they're not that good, but this is yeah. the NHL. Crazy crap happens in the NHL in the playoffs. It's the most unpredictable thing, and it's got the most long shots of any, except for you know March Madness this year, which went nuts. Yeah. But generally speaking, the NHL, you better be worried if Florida makes the playoffs. Crazy things can happen. Nick Suzuki tonight, 22 minutes and 9 seconds. Kirby Doc, 22 minutes and 29 seconds. We've seen Mike Matheson. Uh, Mike Matheson, 29.05, unreal. There you go. Uh, like, don't tell me that Matheson Louis doesn't want to win some hockey games. We've <laughs> he's, seen... got his, he's got his best deal for half the game. Yeah. He's got his two top centers out for 22. I yeah. mean, he really, he's still competing, man. Yeah, he's, he's a, still he's competing. Yeah. We've, we've seen that Doc can play center, and we've seen that Doc can play wing. Uh, he's just a great at both of them. He's, like, very, very good at both of them. We know that. Mm -hmm. Gordon and Hughes saw him more as a center than a winger when they went out and acquired him. And but they said it recently. Yeah. St. Louis just said it recently about 10 days ago. I was right in front of him when he said that we see him as a center. Yeah. Yeah. His, you know, and, and this is, the, you know, this could make headline news, but it's not really when you think of it. Right. I know that players drafted, Earlier, you know, there, there are players that are drafted later that end up being the best player in their draft year. Example, mm -hmm. Patrice Bergeron drafted 45th in 2003. As good as that draft was, nobody I take over Patrice Bergeron. It happens. But, but for the most part, for the most part, mm -hmm. the players that go one, two, and three mm -hmm. end up being better than players that go 13, 14, 15, for the most of part. Of course. And it's just, it's, it's I a, did a big study on it if you want to. A lot of averages. Okay. So, yeah. Suzuki was drafted 13th. Kirby mm -hmm. Doc was drafted third in his draft year. Albeit some draft years are stronger than others. I get all that too. Um, Doc is a big boy. He's got a very, very long reach. Suzuki is obviously an elite playmaker, an elite 200-foot player. But you can make an argument. I, I, don't, I don't even know if it's an argument that the ceiling – the ceiling is higher for Kirby Doc. Now, whether he hits that ceiling or not, that remains to be seen. But if they both be the best version of themselves, Kirby Doc could end up being the number one guy in the end. Yeah, you know, I think what's going to happen is like this pick at five and the pick at around 14, I got a feeling one's going to be a defenseman and one's going to be a forward, and I can't tell you which is going to be which. But I think they're going to add another top six forward here. And it's going to give them, if it's a center like Will Smith, it's going to give them a real luxury of putting Kirby Doc where he's best served in the moment. Because like when Kirby Doc was a winger for Nick Suzuki, he carried the puck out with zone exits. And, and his zone entries took so much pressure off Suzuki. Mm -hmm. and, and that's why that line worked so well. And there were a lot of nights that Suzuki and Caulfield without Doc, they got caved, you know, but they didn't get caved when all three were together. Yeah. So, you know, I think Martin St. Louis, when you add the top six forward that's going to come, and hopefully Slavkowski matures and finds his level that made him drop uh, draft number one overall, 
Yeah. Um, then you've got five of six. And if you look at any, um, if you look at any NHL roster, and I did it recently, there really isn't a single team that has six of six top six. They've always got one straggler. That's what it means yeah. to you know have a cap situation. It's really hard to have four top four D and six top six forwards. Yeah, um, I figured it out. Colorado had six of six last year before they lost Nazem Kadri, and then this year they only had five of six. Um, so it's a challenging thing to do. So if the Canadians are at five of six with who they draft at five, Doc Suzuki, Caulfield and a maturing uh, living up to his expectations, Slavkowski, that's a hell of a top six. And then there's a lot of freedom in that. Doc could be your center if that's what's working and the matchups yeah. are right. Um, or Doc could be on Suzuki's wing and help them to be a really terrific number one line. And the the center that they get, if he matures and is a center like Will Smith, yeah. hopefully, then you know, the, you've got flexibility and talent galore. Yeah. So, hey, um, Sean Farrell signed mm -hmm. to uh, an entry level contract with the Montreal Canadiens. He's going to join or has joined the big team. We'll see when he makes his debut. Uh, where do you have him on your Habs prospect depth chart in terms of uh, overall? Ah, uh, wow. Um, I think on the team next year before they fill out, he could be a second line player. No, but, but who, do on have, who do you have as a better prospect? Um, let me. Oh, research. I see. Oh, Sean you want Farrell, oh, oh, Lane okay. Hudson, Logan Mayu. All right, I'm gonna I'm gonna surprise you. Okay, Philip you ready? Mishar, yeah. I'm gonna say that Going the back. number one the number one prospect on the Montreal Canadiens is Logan Mayu. Yeah, that's not a shock. He's, you know, he's twenty. That's what the that's what the team thinks. Twenty five goals, six foot five. 220 can shoot the puck harder than anybody in the national hockey league. 102 miles per hour. You know, he's, he's a horse. He's, he's, he's a horse. He's a physical specimen. He's going to be a beast out there. Um, Francis Bouillon thinks it's a no brainer. He's going to be a really high quality defenseman. He got 25 goals, which was tops in the Ontario Hockey League, admittedly, at the age of 20 against sometimes 18 or 19-year-olds. So a yeah. bit of an advantage, but the number is the number. He's got a 102-mile-per-hour slap shot. He's offensively extremely creative. Uh, he's got a quick wrister, too. Uh, they say the only issue is sometimes his decision-making, and he's going to uh, Adam Nicola and Martin Saint-Louis to work on his only flaws which I think if he corrects, he's a first pair defenseman. If he corrects only partially a second pair defenseman and doesn't correct at all, still yeah. with his offense, a legitimate third pair defenseman. So he's a can't miss to me. So he's my top. Um, and then Lane Hudson's ceiling is higher than anyone. Ryan, but his floor can, is also dangerous too. Go ahead. Yeah, I know the previous management team and their scouts, mm -hmm. they thought that Mayu reminded them a lot of Weber in many respects in terms yeah. of the size, in terms of the shot, in terms of uh, the heavy yeah. shot, in terms of the right hand, in terms of the fact that he can defend himself, you know, they can deliver, you know, thunderous hits and all that stuff. Like there's mm -hmm. a lot of his game that they thought was very similar to Weber. And they knew that Weber uh, was going to be calling it quits and stuff like that. And they thought, you know what, this guy could be, this guy could fill yeah. his shoes one day. And they need a right side guy. I mean, they got yeah. they got they got Caden Gooley, who is naturally left, that they put on the right, and he shouldn't be on the right. He's a much better player on the left. So if you look at your pairings, you got Matheson, who's playing like a first pair D, and that pushes Gooley with all of his talents to second, which is about the same because your top four is basically equally iced ice. And then on the right side, you really only have Justin Barron, who I don't think he was going to, who is going to be a first pair, but could be if he continues to grow his game and get a little bit ballsier than he plays, then he could be a second pair guy. Um, I think they're looking in the draft at a, at a, at a top four defenseman on the right side to, to fill out their roster some. So mm -hmm. if Mayu grows his game, he, you know, there is a spot in the top four available to him. And I think the organization believes that he is their best prospect. Yeah. And I believe he is also their best prospect. 
Now, we tiptoe around these sentences because of his past, but there comes a time when the conversation actually has to start to be about his hockey. And, and I think we're yeah. there. You know, like it's time to talk hockey with this guy because he's demanding it of us because that's what we do as our careers. We talk hockey. And in September, he's going to make us talk hockey all the time with what he brings to the what he brings to the rink. Yeah. Can you imagine a power play of uh, Lane Hudson, Logan Mayu, Cole Caulfield, Nick Suzuki, and um, Kirby Doc, Will Smith. Kirby Doc. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, Sean we all Farrell. know what we all know what like when was the last time and this is why I, I, I and Mike Matson, um uh, when was the last time the Canadians had a good power play and who was on it? Sheldon like what Surrey. are they exactly Sheldon Surrey, Andre Markov, PK Subban? I mean, it's that type of player that Kovalev. they haven't had. You know, it's that type of player that they haven't had in a long time. Like I yeah. remember their best power play had options. And I mean, that's what makes a good power play. You had Koivu, who was uh, often beside the net, you know. Uh, you had um, Pacioretty who was there, and he would often be in the bumper. You had Kovalev just going wherever he damn well pleased yeah. and just using all that skill. And at the point, you had Sheldon Surrey sometimes. You had Andre Markov sometimes. You had P.K. Subban sometimes. But if yeah. you look at what they're missing now, like Caulfield's, Caulfield's there. He acts as, you know, the talented shooter and Suzuki is there and he acts as the option of playmaker, but the real hole is, is on defense. And, and imagine instead Logan Mayu is firing 102 miles per hour. And yeah. then Lane Hudson is shifting left and right and leaving yeah. everybody without underwear. Yeah. You know, no, no. I mean, like imagine that instead it's uh, it's so vastly superior to the, I think they're 30th right now. And for good yeah. reason, they really don't have options. I ran into a buddy of mine, Max from Laval, last week. Uh, who every time I see him, talks to me about Alex Cola. As a matter of fact, when uh, uh, when fans were boycotting outside the Bell Center, remember that they were they were where were none they were where were they they were picketing they were picketing outside the Bell Center, wanting Kovalev to return, and they hadn't signed them yet. Max was there picketing uh, for Kovalev to return. <laughs> All right, okay. Um, in ending, I've kept you for a long time now. Last one, last one. Mm. Elliot Friedman says on on his podcast, uh, and and I love Elliot. I think he's fantastic. So when Elliot says it, he says, you know, pretty much at ninety five percent here. Pierre Luc Dubois is going to the Montreal Canadiens. Uh, Jets have talked to the Canadians on and off about Dubois. We know that Dubois is going to end up there 95%. Is there some way we can make a deal so the Canadians get him earlier and get something we want? He says that's what we're they're discussing right now. Um, what would you do? Would you, if I were Ken would, Hughes? Would, would you trade a prospect or would you well, I, I would not give you trade much or would you wait? No, I would try to get the player as soon as possible. If the player wants to play here, uh, I would say, okay, we got to know the numbers before we do this because I can't let you hijack me after I've made the trade. Like the, the, the numbers got to be known and it's got to be a Jonathan Drouin situation, right? Yeah, you. Uh, yes, I understand. Where when Drouin arrived, when they traded for him, there was already a, a contract in place, and of course, exactly. Was- and Alan Walsh and and Mark Benjamin had Drouin like they announced the contract. What like ninety minutes after the trade was completed? Yeah. It's got to be that way because if they don't have anything up, and let's say you've made the trade, you're Kent Hughes, and now Pierre Luc Dubois and his agent get together and say, "Well, I mean, we got him over a barrel now." They just made the trade for us. So now you're negotiating and they've got all the, they're holding all the cards. You got to make sure the contract's done before you even consider the trade. Yeah. If you can get the contract done and say, okay, seven years for that amount, we both agree, excellent, super, let's do the deal. Then I would, I would give up um, a B prospect and a second round draft choice. Yeah. I uh, I wouldn't give up. But he much wants to because, come. I wouldn't give up more than. I that. wouldn't give up much because you can get him the year after, probably as an unrestricted exactly. free agent, if you want to. Exactly. And by that time, a mm-hmm. couple of players that were under contract are now off the books, so it's cleared up some room. Right, but Chevaldeov has to, you know, he's got to save face a little bit, right? 
Yeah. So, I mean, there's got to be something in the mix. You got you to at least be able to say something like, you know, I really like that Philip Mishar. I think he's going to be like an amazing player. So we traded for him. You'll watch him skate. You, you know what I mean? He's got to be able to sell his fans something. Yeah. Right? No, I hear you. And the Canadians are not a very good team. So we got a second rounder, which is essentially a first rounder because we think we're going to fin- they're going to finish in the bottom five. Blah, 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 blah. You got to be able to sell something. But, you know, if you're Ken Hughes... No way do you give up uh, anything in the top prospect category, and you certainly don't give up your first rounder. Would you give up Joshua Roy? I would not. I think Joshua Roy is going to be a great hockey player in the NHL. Yeah, I hope so. I mean, if he's uh, going to be the hockey player that we saw, of course, at the World Junior, he's going to be a really good hockey player. He is a good I wouldn't give up Lane Hudson. I wouldn't give up Logan Maillet. I wouldn't give up Joshua Roy. I wouldn't give up uh, Riley Kidney. Um uh, I wouldn't give up. I might give up Owen Beck. I might give up Owen Beck because uh, I don't think Owen Beck is ever going to fit into your team as a anybody is in the back six for sure. You could give up because the back six, Tony, you can get the back six at the trading deadline. Yeah, yeah, of course. All you the can. time, you, right? All the yeah. time, you can get your back six yeah. without giving up first rounders. You yeah. know, so it's no big deal. Yeah, Brian, great show. Mm. Thanks, man. We'll talk to you soon. Okay, Tony, thank you. All right, thank you. All right, there you have it. The Wild Man, Brian Wild of Global TV Montreal. one 585 7425 is the number. It's you called. You called. Presented by Playground. It's uh, presented by Playground, uh, for sure. And uh, major poker festivals are back at Playground. The March Million Features. 10 ring events uh, and a million dollars in guaranteed prize money. Um, pools, including a 400,000 guaranteed main event play in Playgrounds March Million Poker Series from March 23rd to April 2nd. Visit playground.ca for more details. And we'll get to your phone calls at 1 585 sick. Not before I talk to you about Matrix Home Fitness, whether it's, uh, you know, cardio equipment, fitness equipment, whether it's a uh, an elliptical, whether it's a uh, um, a um, roar, whether it's a bike, uh, whether it's a treadmill, you can bring it home, discover a club-quality workout in the comfort of your own home. Visit matrixhomefitness.ca. I built a little gym at home, and I have the uh, the treadmill, and I have the roar, and Yellow has the elliptical, and uh, we keep saying that we're going to get the bike, and I would imagine we will sometime soon. Uh, and Yellow and Sammy and Master Control, if you have a couple of calls, you want to bring them up, no problem. If not, just bring up a couple of comments. We've already uh, hit the uh, hour mark of the SICK Podcast. But then again, we were off probably for a couple of minutes due to technical difficulties. So uh, we'll we'll take a couple of calls and a couple of comments. Is it a red flag that Pierre-Luc Dubois keeps wanting out of wherever he plays? Yes, for me it is. Um, for me, it's a red flag. I would proceed, but you proceed with caution. Um, then again, you can say... Uh, you know, first time he wasn't crazy about his coach. Second time he's not crazy about the city, and he wants to come home where he was. Maybe um, I I think it's a little bit of a red flag. I think it's a little bit of a red flag. Next, I ran into Salmon and Yellow last Friday uh, outside of a sushi place. It was like seeing celebrities in person. Wow. Okay. Salmon and yellow, every time they go out, they never bring me out. Anyway, I can't go out anymore. Uh, I, t- today I prepared meals for like the rest of the week. Um, Matrix is real, says, uh, what is Joshua Roy's full potential? Is he elite or a top third line center? He's a top six player. He's a top six player. That's his potential for sure. Uh, we saw him playing on the line with uh, Connor Bedard at the World Juniors. He was, he was awesome. Bob in Greenfield Park. Bob. Bob. Well, uh, to be totally honest with you, I've had a terrible headache for the last three or four hours. But other than that, it's absolutely great. I mean, it's um, I'm you know, there's certain foods that I haven't touched, and uh, I think uh, I'm in a little bit of a withdrawal right now. But uh, other than that, it's all good, Bob. How are you? I'm very good. Very good. Good show. Thank uh, you. Thank you, Bob. I'd like to just say that why, what if the Canadians trade down, you know, uh, they're at, let's say they're at the fifth spot and they really don't want Will Smith, but trade down for 
maybe getting rid of somebody in the in the lineup and uh, going down and getting somebody that they really want. So, give me an example. Fifth spot, Will Smith. They don't really want him. Okay. So they go to uh, they go to Arizona. They said, okay, well, you want Will Smith or whoever it is that you want to talk to. There could be three teams that want him. And they say, do you want him? We'll trade down if you give us maybe your 12th for something and we'll give you a couple of players. You know what I mean? Yeah, no, no, I hear you. I hear you. But that would be that would be accelerating the rebuild. Yes. It all depends on the players coming back and what, you know, Kent Hughes and Jeff Gordon, they're going to look at the player they could have. They're going to take a look at the players, the other players they could acquire and, 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 you know, they're going to take a look at the potential for all the players available. And that's how they're going to decide, I guess. But I, I don't, um, have a lot of player, a lot of, uh, I guess we'll say money or, or the fan base is going on. They want to build it. So do they have the money to, like even the Canadians are in that spot right now with a lot of good players. Are they going to be able to sign them all? Or are you going to be have to pass off on them? Or something? Yeah, that's why I, um, that's why I, um, I, I hesitate a little bit when you talk about, you know, make this trade and that trade and this trade. And you're going to need some players on entry-level contracts. You yeah. know, some of these prospects, you cannot just trade them for an established player. You're going to need some entry-level prospects. You know, uh, I don't think people are keep you know taking into consideration that Cole Caulfield might break the bank here. Yeah, yeah, Cole Caulfield, and maybe even down the road, if you say that Kirby Doc's a number one center, and you want to keep Suzuki, is he is he viable to trade? That's the whole thing, right? You know, Doc's got a four year deal. Those four years, they they pass pretty fast. He's at three and a half right now. His next deal, if he ends up playing better and producing more than Suzuki and Caulfield, all of a sudden you probably have to pay him four years from now. You probably have to pay him upwards of uh, of uh, $8.5 million or $9 million. Cole Caulfield might ask for about $9 million. You know, it's if you go out and get, if you go out and get Pierre-Luc Dubois, I mean, even if he takes yeah. a discount, he'll probably come in at seven at the least. Mishkov is a good pick because you have a couple of Russians in the system. And, uh, yeah. You know, uh, Maybe that's the the road you go down the, in the next couple of years of drafting. Yeah, uh, you know, I think too that's one one way to go too if he would come up. Yeah, but you know, like I said, it's 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 a good position we're in. Yeah, uh, for sure. Doing, you know, I've for been sure. watching hockey since the '60s, so I mean, uh, you know, it's great. But hey, uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna ask you this. Yeah, the last Canadians yeah. defenseman you saw that skates like Mike Matheson is. Hmm. Not Markov, but before he got hurt with his knees, he, he skated well. Yeah. Uh, uh, boy, good question. That skates like him, not many. The You know, I was talking to Gilbert Delorme about him earlier today, and he says, Tony, every time I see him skate, it reminds me of Scott Niedermeyer, who obviously never played for the Montreal Canadiens, but uh, Scott Niedermeyer, one of the most you know, like effortless, smoothest skaters in the history of the National Hockey League. Mike Matheson skating is absolutely elite. Bob, thank you so much for calling me tonight. I appreciate it, and thanks for watching and listening. We have another caller we're going to. Where are we going, Sammy? Let's go to, hello, is it Al the Mailman? That's me. What's hey, up? Alfonso, what's going on? Tony, how do you know Alfonso? Come on, come on, come on. What do you, how do you know that? You're Alfonso Fada. I know you. Uh... And I do want to say uh, to uh, my uncle Angelo, who just passed away in uh, off of Shabbat, um, arrived to heaven, and uh, he was a big Canadian fan. Oh, really? I'm sorry and, to hear that. Yeah, he was 93. I think he was God bless he was a baby, but he beat my mother out. God bless. God bless. Tell me, Al. Tony. This team is fabulous. Fabulous. Yeah, fabulous. I mean, don't forget, Tony. We got a lot of people missing. Yeah. And uh I think uh next year when we get when we get it all together. Yeah. Sarah, I just made a pizza and I'm having a Yeah, no, have your pizza. This is uh, this is exactly what I need right now on day 1 of my lifestyle change. 
where I had asparagus, I had broccoli, I had mushrooms, and I had four ounces of a chicken breast and nothing more. I drank about three liters of water. I absolutely need to hear right now at 11.07 no. okay. Okay. that you I are apologize. having a pizza. This don't, is great. Don't, I apologize. You don't have to apologize, Al. You and I are friends. Yeah, I understand Even that. though we never met. Once welcome. upon a time when the You're Canadians welcome. were playing My the Tampa Bay Lightning and the Stanley Cup Final. Al, are you still there? I'm still here, Tom. Yeah, and so you lost me. My apologies, folks. Today has been one of these days. The day started bad at 7 a.m. when all of a sudden me with my uh, CPAP machine and my full face mask, all of a sudden it went and there was no more air coming in. What in the world is going on? We lost electricity this morning at 7 a.m. When did we get it back? Like at 3.40 in the afternoon. And now I don't know what's going on. Uh, a very, usually a very reliable um, internet. Uh, I don't know how it can't be. I mean, I'm on a hardwired, and so I have no idea what just happened. But uh, I've been gone a couple of times now. So sorry about that. Okay, Al. No, no worries. I yeah. do apologize about the pizza. No, but, no, you don't um... have to apologize. You know, I said before that uh, back in the day when I was doing radio, I was thinking of going down to Tampa for the Canadians and the Lightning. And if memory serves me well, you offered me to stay at your place. I didn't end up going, but did you not offer me to stay at your place or something? Absolutely. I'll give you my phone number right now. You can come back. You see, I never forget stuff like this, Al. I never forget stuff like this. Hey. I know you don't. Thanks for calling, Al. We'll talk to you soon. Hey, I love you, man. I I love you, I listen to you every day. Yeah, thank you very much. I appreciate that. God bless you. And uh, go Habs go next year. Go Habs go. Yes. Okay. Uh, let's go back to, uh, Sammy, Sammy, do we have uh, one more? Because I don't, you know, I don't know if I got to end it like that. Do we have one more or what? Tony, this guy sounds almost exactly like Chris Nyland. Not really. Yes and no, I guess. Yes and no, I would think. Okay. Uh, that's it for tonight. Apologize for these two technical difficulties. But overall, I think, look, we had Brian Wilde for uh, close to an hour tonight. Uh, not too shabby. Tony is parti dans le frigidaire. No, Tony didn't go to the fridge. Trust me. Um, Tony did not go to the fridge. No, I didn't go to the fridge. Uh, I'm back, but then that's it. I'll be back tomorrow, okay? So Monday to Friday, weeknights at 10 p.m., the SIG podcast. Tomorrow night, it's the Canadians and the Philadelphia Flyers. Tonight, the Canadians beat the Buffalo Sabres by a score of 4-3 to three in a shootout. Unlikely hero, Michael Pizzetta with the uh, Tiger Williams celebration. That's it for me. Have a good night, everyone. Thanks for watching the Sick Podcast. And that's a wrap. Hope you don't miss us too much until next time. Follow the Sick Podcast with Tony Marinero on YouTube, Instagram, Facebook, Google Play, and Apple Podcasts. The Sick Podcast is brought to you by Energy Transportation Group. Driven to be different. La Vida TV. Embrace your true nature.